0: From Australia, broadcasting around the world, around the world, you're listening to the Mitch Maroney Show. Here's your host, Mitch Maroni. So, on the same premise that I just said with the client that did undervalue their business mm-hmm. and just wanted to close it, I did have another one that similar situation. Now, they actually bought the business. They bought a it was a florist for mm-hmm. fifteen thousand. Now. Said florist made fifty to sixty thousand a year. It had stock of twelve thousand and a Ute that was worth about three. So mm-hmm. the fifteen, to be honest, when we actually did the calculations, was pretty much the stock and the motor vehicle. There wasn't. Yep. They didn't charge for goodwill. So you know, I said, oh, "It's decent buy." Like you're. It's a well-established brand. You've got the lease. You like everything's there. Yeah, you walk in and you haven't actually really had to pay anything for the brand. It's you've bought the stock off of them and a car. So asset values exactly. So of all the purchases, that was a pretty easy. Yeah, that's pretty much worth it. Now they traded for twelve months and they did it. They still. It was pretty consistent. It did grow slightly off the year before, but nothing insane. But the big difference was after 12 months, she came to us and said, look, I want out. And it wasn't because she wanted to retire, anything like that. She just didn't want to run a business. So that's another area which we'll go into in a minute potentially. But you know, running a business isn't just rocking up and in this case, selling flowers. You have to do the books. You have to do advertising, you pay wages, you like, you do the entire thing. You deal with HR issues. So she just didn't want to deal with that. She just wanted a wage, rock up, do her work, leave. And that's fine. That's what she wanted. So this was before we actually got connected. And so there was another guy came down, had a look at it, for price-wise and stuff. And he thought it'd be up 30-ish, 20 to 30. He could probably get for it pretty conservatively with it was a similar stock value and and all the rest there. Now she looked at it and because she just wanted out, it was going to cost I think it was a thousand bucks or something in advertising, and she didn't want to do it. So one of her staff wanted to buy it, staff bought it for exactly what she bought it for, mm-hmm. like fifteen thousand. So she's exited not making a capital gain, not making a capital loss, just break even, which is fine. But I feel like she did leave something on the table, however big or small you know that could have been. But there was no sale of goodwill. There was no understanding of, you know, for argument's sake, their website had really good traffic, good sales through it. That didn't come into it at all. It was how much stock do we have and the vehicle price and then just sold it for that. So I suppose that's the flip side of it where somebody just wanted out and yeah, just, yep, let me leave. So on, really on that, your business isn't for everyone though, is it? No, exactly, exactly. And that's another thing that I find a lot of people that get into business underestimate how much other stuff you have to do. So yeah. you might be the best plumber in the world and you can fix anything, but can you do your taxes? Can you do your bookwork? Can you even advertise and get clients. Yeah. That's in accounting, that's a area which it look, it's getting better, but I have said it many times at accounting conferences and stuff. A lot of accountants will get their degree, get some experience, know what they're doing accounting-wise. And because the public are required by law to do tax returns, there's kind of a instant demand for our work. Mm. So they'll just go hang a shingle, start their business and go from there. Now, they might be amazing accountants, but they're all about the figures. They don't know how to sell themselves. They don't know how to get clients in. Even when they're in, they don't instill confidence in them, all sorts of stuff. And I think that that's really a shame because it does cost like the business side of things. you know. And then you've got other businesses which, I mean, I would argue we're more, yeah, we're good at what we do, et cetera. But you also we're decent at advertising, we get that rapport, you, you do the other areas of the business as well. Yeah. And that's why I believe we've grown so fast is doing those little things, doing the stuff that will get the trust. And if you do right by one person, they will tell five of their friends and then everybody comes to you. Whereas like I even had a case of a accountant, he was he's not in business anymore, but he Opened a business locally. Client of mine now went to him and he sat there for three hours. And his wife, who was a receptionist, was walking in and out, taking personal phone calls. They had a domestic in the middle of the <laughs> meeting and were yelling at each other. And it's just not professional. So if you're a customer and you go in for advice, and in this case, they had a self managed SUF fund, they were buying a property, they were there was all sorts of stuff happening. Yeah. It was quite high level, like there was a bit going on. Doesn't instill confidence when your accountant is yelling at their wife in the room when you're there as well, you know. So <laughs> like, <laughs> that was a horror story. So they did that meeting and then the next day booked in with me and I went through it all with them and they're still clients to this day because right. credit to I, you. Exactly. I didn't yell at my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Not
1: yelling. That's right.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so there's a lot of that. Or I also try and go off of the belief of obviously I do the job, but try and educate them on what you're doing. So in this exact case, they went up. It was a firm in Joondalup that they actually set it all up with and they charged them about 11 grand. They had entities left, right, and center, but they didn't understand why they have entities left, right, and center and why it costs 11 grand. They've just got got it. And within five minutes, and this was actually what really sold them to me. And the funny thing was I didn't actually do it in a sales tech. I was more talking to myself. They were just in the office at that point. As I'm going through the paperwork, I go, oh, okay, so this entity's here. So this one here will hold the property because the self-managed super fund can't get secured finance. Like I was more just mapping it out of my own head. And they literally go, oh, is that why we have that? (laughs) at no point prior anybody said this is why you have this and you know if you're dropping that sort of money i i would have just assumed that you would do that but yeah anyway so that's (laughs) um, a few interesting stories from the accounting world now so getting a business ready for sale you know books in in good nick wages etc everything pretty much best practice as much as possible now If somebody's buying a business, what sort of things should they look at?
1: Yeah. Now, also from the buyer's perspective, you also have to get yourself ready for purchasing a business because on a lot of businesses, the seller will request that the buyer actually tells a little bit about themselves. So... and. The main reason is can they afford to buy this business, right? So I don't have any money at all, but I wouldn't mind buying a $2 million business and I've never run a business before and I've never done this. So there is a buyer profile that usually gets filled out on the businesses above a, a certain value or at the seller's request. So the buyer, if they can um, get their financial position into a good Place as well. So if they're thinking of using, you know, equity in the home to help secure a loan, have all that tidied, speak to your bank that you're about to. Look at purchasing a business, this is what you've got in mind. Because even experiencing so all of a sudden I want to buy a pastry business. Well, the bank's going to look down on that because Mark, you've never yes. been a baker or done anything before. So what makes you think you'll be able to run this business? So make sure that you're you've got your house in order as in if you're going to need finance, have that sorted, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But really when you go and inspect a business. You've just got to, it's just the, the fundamentals, as we've, I think we've mentioned a bit. If you're asking for information and it's taking the seller a week or the broker on behalf of the seller a week to get back to you, well, either the broker's not doing a very good job or he or she doesn't have the information from the seller to give to the buyer. So if you're seeing lots of delays or if you're saying, don't, if people are saying, oh, don't worry about that, um, you can look at that later, those sorts of sniff tests is what rings the alarm bells, right? And so it's obvious you're doing DD, you want answers to the questions you're asking. And if you're going to be paying a lot of money for a business or, or a lot of money to yourself for a business, you're entitled to ask as many questions as you like. Yeah. So and it's up to the seller and the broker to be able to provide the answers that meet your needs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. At what point would you normally get the seller and the broker together?
1: And The, the seller and the buyer? Uh, the buyer. Apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. so um, Normally, so what? one of the important roles of a broker also is to filter a lot of the inquiries so that the seller can still run their business as normal, right? So now the broker and the seller will have an agreement that, look, let me know all inquiries that you get. And that might be because they're worried about other people in the industry inquiring about their business or whatever, in which case it's very simple in an email. We've had a new inquiry. Do you know this person? Are you okay? We proceed. Or some just go, I don't care. Just just sell it, right? So the broker initially acts as that filter. Then we say we have 10 inquiries and we get it down to that there's three genuine inquiries. They've signed an NDA, they've answered a few questions. So they are in a position to purchase a business. They have a bit of experience in the business. They've got the numbers and the next step, normally when the seller meets the buyer, it's the inspection of the business. And the broker needs to be there during that meeting only because the seller's got you to help sell their business and negotiate the best deal. So the buyer, without a doubt, is going to start to talk about price, what do you want, et cetera, like that. And a good broker then can just diffuse that conversation or in a rude way, continue yeah. with the inspection of the business, ask the constructive questions, and then the broker then can loop back with the buyer and start negotiating price and why a certain value is being asked for here and why the the seller believes it's worth that much. So you're basically trying to let the seller run their business as normal with as fewer interruptions as possible and to do all the negotiating and parts that a lot of people find uncomfortable to do.
0: Yes. Yep. That makes sense. Even one part of it, which I personally put weight in this, I mean it would depend on the situation, but if all the figures stack up, everything's stacking up and I'm meeting the seller there's a bit of weight in I suppose my view of them as a person and stuff so obviously the figures and stuff that's main one that you look at but when you meet them can you trust them do they look shady and like they're going to try and screw you over or do they look genuine or you know it's not a foolproof thing but I do think that having that gut feel is an important thing as well
1: Oh yeah, because when they get to the business to inspect it, they haven't committed to buying yet. In their mind, it checks out on paper, is this something we want to do? As soon as they walk through that door, and normally the broker greets them at the front door, et cetera, saying, look, we've got John and Mary here today, they're the owners, blah, blah, blah. As soon as you walk through that door, it initially has to present as well as it can. It can't look mad. You can't have arguments and domestics in the thing. And that's another situation I've had where similar to the story you've said, and I've had a buyer talking to the sellers, husband and wife, and they start having a bit of a domestic about what they're going to do once they sell. And I'm like, okay, a bit not of a but it. not, <laughs> it's not what we want, right? <laughs> so I always speak to the sellers as well and just run them through likely questions that the buyer will ask. I'll jump in if anything looks a bit of a curveball or if it's spluttering or or stalling. But they've really just got to show that the business is running well, they understand the business, and they're selling for all the right reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense, and you've got to be comfortable with it. Have you ever had any that are uh, a bit, let's go with taken aback or something the buyer said and the seller has kind of got their back up a bit over it?
1: Because buyers, the the most common situation there is the buyer will just throw out, oh, this isn't worth a million dollars any day of the week, right? They'll just, because they're going in thinking that they're into a negotiation strategy from the first minute in there, right? And then the sellers, A, perhaps a bit shocked at how blunt he is, but then personally take, the fact he doesn't think it's worth a million dollars as a personal attack on them. And then they start to talk back and justify why they think it is worth a million. And you just have to diffuse that really quickly. Yeah. That, that would be something you
0: would have to stop real
1: quick. <laughs> yeah, real fast as everyone <laughs> gets their back up. Yeah. But it's normally the buyer comes in trying to lowball it from the very first intro. Yes, yeah.
0: And to be honest, like from their side of things, that's their game is they want it as cheap yeah. as possible. So, yeah. Yeah. I, if you're selling it for a million bucks, they're not going to come in and go, I'll give you 1.3. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> your best offer first. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay.
0: So, that's almost an hour. So, I've got oh, a good. couple of real quick questions for you. Just a quick five questions. So, what do you think is the most important quality in business to be in business? Oh, just honesty. Just be open and transparent. Yeah, I 100% agree. Honesty yeah. will get you further than anything? And if you lie or gets seen to be shady, the bad will, especially, you know, where we are, word of mouth is a massive thing. Yeah. And if it gets out that you're not to be trusted, that's going to hurt your business a hundredfold over Yeah, over
1: And never be afraid to say bad news as well. Yes. Just go, if there's something bad that has happened or something hasn't gone right, don't be afraid on that. Yeah. Just lead with it and, and take whatever happens.
0: And I find the best avenue for it, and i go on the rip the Band-Aid off sort of scenario of yeah something's happened whether it says my screw up for argument's sake just be open honest yep I screwed up this is what's happened this is how we fix it yada 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 but don't try and hide it because if they find out then that's not going to look good yeah and don't try and pussyfoot around it you know it just direct this is what it is and that's look if they kick up and yell and scream they yell and scream but Never had anybody do that to you. Normally, they go, oh, okay, well, thanks for letting us know. Obviously, they're not happy with it. But, you know, you've worked out how to fix it. We've now fixed it. It's not a problem.
1: Yep, 100%, 100%. agree.
0: Now, if you had one superpower, what would it be?
1: Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind mind reading. That would be awesome. pretty good. I
0: like it. I like it.
1: I like to control situations, so like as in, I'd like when I organise a meeting or, or interact, I like to know what the outcomes are going to be. So that would be a really good cheat code.
0: It would. It'd be good for um negotiating as well, being able to read yeah. what they're thinking before they say it.
1: So I have to promise to only use the powers for good, though, or something like that.
0: Yes. <laughs> if you could give your younger self one piece of advice,
1: what would it be? As in, my younger self before starting ad, Career-wise, is that what, or just in general? Yeah, just in general, let's say mid twenties mark. Yeah, worry less about other people's thoughts about yourself. Like a lot of a lot of times, you're worried about how's this going to be perceived. Am I doing the right thing here? Am I doing this right? And I think younger me perhaps worried a bit too much about that. Whereas older me would just say, just do it and back your judgment. And I'm sure it'll be okay.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's a really important thing. I mean, we will have that when we're younger and going into business you've got to back yourself in everything because you are the the top one so um i i 100 agree and to be honest most people what they think about you like better terms is irrelevant if you work with honesty and integrity and all the rest they could think you're the biggest asshole in the world but it (laughs) <laughs> what problem is that to you? You know what I mean? So, I think
1: most people are in that conversation with you or in the situation with you because you've done something right previously or you've positioned yourself to be in that conversation or that meeting. So then don't all of a sudden worry about what they're thinking. Just back yourself in and whatever happens, happens.
0: Yep, 100% agree. Okay, so what is your favourite footy team?
1: Oh, the Mighty
0: Fighting Tigers, Richmond. Uh, Oh, I should have asked at the start. That would have just ended the podcast. <laughs> ended it, <yeah. laughs> and what's your favorite book of all time?
1: I think my favorite book is probably The Lord of the Rings. And I think that a lot of people have that book because it's like your first sort of real book. As yeah. in, you jump for those smaller little books and then you go, right, I'm going to read This Lord of the Rings. And you think it's like, the most, know, it's a good piece of literature, but you put it up there as like the greatest book of all time. But I think it's
0: so, it's so big odd. when you're reading it and it's...
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a big book. And I think you reflect back to happy times when you were reading that book. And I think it just it elevates what it is just because of the period that you read it as well, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. Okay. Well, that's the quick five. So... Thank you, Mark, for this podcast. I think it's been really informative, and I think the listeners are are going to get a lot out of it. So if you know any of our listeners want to sell business or whatever, how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way?
1: Yeah, so, um, and even if they're just inquiring about selling a business, you know, I might not be ready, but I might be ready. It doesn't hurt to take the calls or answer the emails. So, probably the easiest way is to email me initially, and then that way I can give you a call and talk to you. And that's um, Herald at sotcorporate.com and I'll get you to put a little email in the descriptor or something like that. But even if you're just considering it or even if you're that example of I don't think my business is worth anything, doesn't hurt to find me the email and we can find out and I'll be happy to talk to anyone.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you very much. And, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening and stay tuned for more podcasts to be released in the future. You've been listening to The Mitch Maroney Show. Mitch Maroney Show.
1: Stay tuned for more.